Well, every year we endeavor to start the year off right. It's important to us to kind of refocus our vision and our mission, which we're going to talk about today, to reestablish our core values, which we're doing over these first few weeks. Uh, it's important for us to reevaluate, uh, to keep the priorities, the purpose rooted in God's Word. And the result is, when we do that, is that our vision will be clear. And we talked about vision last week. And our mission will continue to be compelling. Now, last week we talked about vision and our calling, our personal calling, and how those two work together. And it's important that we uh, know that vision is the big picture uh, of our lives or of an organization, and our calling is finding and fulfilling our unique purpose for life. And every single one of us, young and old, have a calling. And we talked about our vision, which is to be a healthy, multiplying church known for making an impact in our community, in our world. And as we asked you at the end of service to talk about or to kind of identify what part of our vision uh, is co uh, connecting most at this season in your life. And it was interesting that a third of our congregation uh, mentioned the healthy portion. Another third, actually a little more than a third, uh, talked about making an impact, that that was important. In your own life, you want to make an impact. And then the other third was known in our community, in our world, and all of those things talk and come back to the scripture, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that says we are God's workmanship, right? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God created in advance for us to do. It's one of my favorite verses. Talk about it all the time. But it really comes to this idea that there's a calling on our lives that God has planned for us to be a part of the big picture. And so what, how does that connect? Well, today we're going to look at our mission. And mission is different than vision, where vision is the big picture. Mission is who we are. If you were to slice us open as a church, if you were to analyze us or to cut us open and we'd start to bleed, what would we bleed? That reflects what our mission is. It's who we are, not who we are trying to be with our vision. And this morning, with the staff's help, uh, we, we want to kind of talk about mission from a little different angle. Not only who we are, which we're going to get a picture of that, of course, but we want to answer the question this morning, how do we live out our mission? And I want you to see this idea of how do we live out our mission as a discipleship pattern or a progression, and we'll kind of get there, but I believe that we're called, all of us, to live it out, to do it. I want to do a little experiment this morning. How many have heard of the game, or maybe you've played the game, Simon Says? All right? So let's just try it. Let's see if you guys can uh, follow along. Simon Says, stand up. All right? Some of you obviously don't understand how the game works. <laughs> or you're out! <laughs> and it's okay. You don't have to stand. Simon Says, touch your nose, right? Simon says, sit down. All right, you guys got it. And if someone says, oh, all right, stand up. Oh, you guys are good. You guys are good. Well, Simon says, if you're going to win that game, you've got to do what Simon says or you're out of there, right? 
Well, the same is true with discipling others. It's a lot like Simon says. In fact, turn with me to James chapter 2. And we're going to read uh, some, this is kind of our key text for the morning. Uh, it, it's a little lengthy, but we're going to read it, and we're not going to di- dissect it. Um, it. It would probably take a couple weeks to do that. But I want to kind of set our hearts before the Lord and look at these verses and then kind of launch from there. Look what it says. It says, what, is, or what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a, a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If anyone says to him, go, I wish you well, warm, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. I love that. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. See, just like Simon says, you do what Simon says or you're out, our discipleship pattern, what we see in Scripture, we need to do, we need to be, we need to live it out. It'd be like this. If I ask my son Logan, Logan, go clean your room. And assuming that I've helped him before and he knows how to clean his room, if Logan went off and he just sat around and thought about cleaning his room, or if he got online and read commentary on how to clean a room, or if he got out his journal and started writing, I'm going to clean my room, or this or that, or if he studied the list that, of the things that needed to happen in order to clean his room, or if he invited his friends over, they sat in a circle in his room, and they talked about cleaning his room, but he never cleaned his room, he would be in big trouble because he didn't do what I asked him to do. Everyone tracking with me? Logan, you better clean your room. <laughs> He must learn to do it, and we must learn to do it. We have got to live out our mission. So you say, what is our mission? Well, our mission starts with connecting with God. We talk about it all the time. Matthew 22, 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Church, this is foundational to who we are. I looked back in my notes way back in 2006, the very first series that I preached here at the Gateway Church. I was using these verses to say this is going to be important. And I remember, and I wrote in my notes there, that we will revisit this all the time. We will never move away from this foundational piece that we must love God. 
There's a few verses in regarding to connecting with God that relate to our salvation experience. Let's just review these, and we won't take a lot of time, but you can jot these down. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. The idea there is that, um, that we are all sinners. Romans 3.23 says the same thing. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, right, is eternal life in Christ Jesus. These are foundational to who we are, how we connect with God in a salvation experience. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can I just declare that today is a day of salvation? And every time we meet, and every time, everywhere we go, we need to be mindful of our connection with God. It starts with salvation. Salvation will always be a part of who we are at the Gateway Church. How about worship? Let's turn to uh, Psalm uh, 95. Psalm 95, in the first seven verses there, capture the heart of a worshiper. Let's look what it says. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and extol Him with music and with song. For the Lord is God, is the great God, the King above all gods. In His hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to Him. The sea is His, for He made it and his hands formed the dry land and then look what verse 6 says come come let us bow down in worship let us kneel before the lord our maker for he is our god we are the people of his pasture the flock under his care we see in Psalm 100, verse 4, says to enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Part of connecting with God is our worship. Why do we worship? It's because God is holy. He is just, and he deserves our worship, and he desires our worship. And so it's our worship. And what about prayer? Prayer, spending time in the presence of God bringing our request to the Lord. He cares for us. At the very beginning of time, when God created Adam and Eve, they, he, they would walk and they would talk with God in the garden. And then there was a separation, but we still can call out to the name of the Lord. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Very familiar verses here. Uh, it says here, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by what? Prayer and petition. Bringing our, with thanksgiving, presenting your requests to God. And if we do that, if we live a life of bringing our requests and spending time in God's presence, what is the result? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And so worship and prayer, those things are part of our salvation experience. And then the last one is God's word. Psalm 119, 105 says, The word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. In Psalm 119, earlier in, that, in those verses, uh, in that great uh, chapter of the Bible, the longest chapter in the Bible, all about God's Word, in verses 9, and 10, and 11, it says this, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to the Word. Our connection with God has to be rooted in Scripture. 
by living according to your word. And then David says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. We got to stay focused on the word of God. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. These are critical pieces. God's word, it nourishes us. It strengthens us. It's meat. It's like a meal given to us that we can chew on. And we are called to live out our mission to connect with God, and we need to do this. It's interesting that this connection with God is not just an academic. This is not something we just understand uh, analytically in our mind, but it is action-oriented. To connect with God is action Simon says, right? Scripture says, and if Scripture says it, we need to do it. Amen? That's point one. Now, the second is our connection with each other. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, Adam was created, and God said quickly, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And all the guys that are married say amen to that. And all the guys that hope to be married someday say amen to that. Come on! <laughs> Forget it. We were not created to walk alone. It's the truth. We are brothers and sisters in the faith. We are a family. We talk about family this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage one another and all the more as, as Christ's coming is coming soon. That's the New Testament model. And the New Testament model really is that they were meeting daily in homes. And it's very interesting as you study the early church. Now, growing up, for me, um, we went to church all the time, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We were that family, and I know some of your families were similar in that way. But on Sunday morning, it wasn't just church. We also went to something, and you might have heard of it, called Sunday School. How many have ever been to Sunday School? Just quick, all right, a lot of us. Okay, all right, so you've heard of it. <laughs> where you're learning scripture, you're coming back with a memory verse, you're learning the stories of the Bible, your, your friend, my friends were, most of my good friends were at church. Well, at the Gateway Church, you may have noticed, we don't have Sunday school. And primarily because we don't have the space. And did I tell you about our building? No, okay, good. And, uh, but listen, that, that connection piece in my life growing up was absolutely critical. That Sunday school experience. You say, well, what do we have instead of that? And I am excited to share that in February of 2016, just in a, uh, a little over a month, we are going to be launching connection groups all across the city. We believe that iron sharpens iron. We believe that we were not called to this journey to do it alone. In fact, the reality is if we do get isolated, if we do try it on our own, it is a field day for the enemy. Do you realize that? We need each other. And so with the connection groups, we see the possibility of friendship, of enjoying life, of spiritual growth, for accountability, bearing each other's burdens, meeting each other's needs. 
And I am uh, happy to say that we've done bits and pieces of this in the past, and we've had some success, but if we are honest and did a, a very, I would say, thorough investigation of our connection and our, these connect groups that we've had, I would say that as a church, we have struggled in this area to some degree. This week, I got an email, and it was, it was kind of hard to take. There was a person in our church that has been attending for two and a half years. And this person described in the email that, that uh, she feels disconnected and has not been able to establish any friends here at the Gateway Church. And she feels alone. And, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, this morning we had a greeting time, right? And we had, you know, a lot of people up front, and we kind of did this. And, and typically we do greeting at the end of service to hopefully facilitate more time than what can happen on a Sunday morning. But how many just, you know, how many enjoyed our greeting time this morning? Well, that, that was good, wasn't it? But was that enough, or was it superficial? It was more superficial, my guess, in almost every circumstance. And so there are people that are showing up, maybe connecting in a greeting time before service, after service, but feeling lonely, leaving, feeling isolated. And I emailed back, I said, look, this is something we are addressing. This is a problem. Thank you for sharing this with me. And the reality is this person is not alone. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that there are others that feel the same. And church, can I just say, as your pastor, we need each other. We were created for each other. God's design, God's desire is for us to be together. Scripture says, Simon says, Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine: love your neighbor as yourself. And if we're really going to love our neighbor as ourself, that connection with each other, it is going to take time, and it's going to take more time than what can happen on a Sunday morning. We have got to be together on a regular basis. I can share a testimony. Our uh, small group, back when we did the AD series, when we had about 60 or 70 or 80 people participate in that uh, overall. But it was interesting that our small group, uh, it just in those short weeks, we were... We had some health issues that we were praying for on a weekly basis, and we were able to walk a couple through that, and it was uh, exciting to see God work. Uh, there was a job change. Someone was uh, in our group that was looking for a different job, and week in and week out, we're getting reports, and, and it was exciting to see the progress there. We prayed for each other's kids. We, we had fun together, and then it was over. And we're like, all right, what's next? And there was this feeling like, okay, that was good. And it kind of fizzled at the end. We were meeting every week. And we realized, man, if we're going to really get a hold of this, we have got to have a plan ongoing for our people to be together. And so we've been praying about that. We've been asking the Lord for insight and direction in regards to that. And I want to say we are committed at the Gateway Church to do men's and women's events to be together. We're committed to do kids' events and youth events 
so our students, our kids, and our students can be together. And we are committed to connection groups that will be ongoing at least twice a month. And we got a plan that will be simple to follow. It will be not overwhelming for any of us. We are simplifying our calendar this year to make connection groups starting in February a priority. And we're excited about that. Again, if Simon, I mean, if Scripture says it, we should do it. And we've got to do it. We've got to do it. The third one is this. A connection with the world. The world is bigger than just me and my existence. I get that. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Church, this is God's heart, the Great Commission. And you say, man, where do I start connecting with the world? It sounds so mammoth, so big. Well, I want to bring it home to something, a step that every single one of us are going to be encouraged to take here in the short, in the next few short weeks. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. I'm sorry, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 42, says this. And you may want to underline that Jesus called his disciples together and said this, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them and they exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In these few short verses, and this is repeated in the Gospels on two or three other occasions, it redefines greatness. To be great in the kingdom of God, to be able to connect with the world, we must learn to serve to be a servant. And I believe it starts in your local church. Start serving here at the Gateway Church. That's why we're so excited about this ministry fair on February 7th uh, that will be just a few weeks away where we're going to lay out opportunities for you to engage and to be a part, to plug in on a regular basis using your unique gifts and talents for the glory of God. I believe every single one of us need to be engaged in that way, serving. And there are really three areas where we can connect with the world, locally, stateside, and with the world. Our local outreach uh, really kind of includes things like the hygiene drive, which, by the way, we got this in the mail this week. You've got to hear this. This is someone that went through our hygiene drive. And listen to the thank you. Uh, It's from... A grateful recipient, it's, she says this, I would like to thank all of you for your kindness and compassion during your recent personal product giveaway night. I was overwhelmed by the products given freely with smiles, friendship, and affection. Recently, my household has been in a financial turmoil and which, which uh, causes with crisis in health and personal relationships, making daily challenges. After so many months of going without, I was pleasantly surprised by someone wanting to give something to my family for free. It was embarrassing seeking a handout, and you made it acceptable from the boy passing out the water and cookies 
to the lady who made all of those scarves. Listen to this. This is a blessing, Janice. She says, I did not have the means to purchase presents for my loved ones this year, so those two scarves were cherished gifts to my family members. Isn't that incredible? I wish we would have given her ten. <laughs> Whoever thought of this event should be congratulated, Tony Tidswell, way back in the day. I wish other churches in the areas would do the same. Having this event on a monthly basis or at least four times a year would be a benefit. I know families and individuals struggling. And to think that you even prayed with me, prayed for us, it was as if the hand of God was upon us through the person praying with us. It was a night I will, I will remember always with gratitude. And doing local things like that, reaching out. I know many, many of us were a part of that packing or like unpacking and getting ready. And then a whole slew of us came to, to do that. There are areas locally, stateside, worldwide that will make a difference. You made a difference this past season in many, many people's lives. There are three components about reaching the world, connecting with the world, and missionaries often talk about it. You pray, you give, and then you go. Our prayers cannot be underestimated to reach the world. Our giving is making a difference. This week I got a three-page report from one of our missionaries, actually a five-page or six-page report um, from Dean Kirshner, who is uh, serving with Gospel Link, and he lists out, I don't have the time to read through this, uh, but an incredible year in review that God is using him. And we are, we've not gone to Africa uh, or to Malawi with, with him. Actually, we have had some people. Um, Alexandra Wigan did spend three months with him. Was that this year, in 2015? I think it was the previous year, 14, yeah. But anyway, uh, incredible things happening in just one ministry that we're investing in. And we have multiplied that by dozens and over a hundred missionaries supported. It is making a difference. And when we talk about not only praying and giving, but going, it is a goal of mine that every youth, and Pastor Pete and I have talked about this, every youth before they graduate, that they would be a part of a missions trip, stateside or foreign. It's that important. Like Beth was saying this morning, if God is causing you, putting it in your heart, you need to go. And if every adult that is here, it would be my goal for you to be a part of a missions trip before the Lord returns. And it is a healthy thing. You say, well, why is that? Why, why do we need to connect with the world? We need to connect with the world because we have opportunities here to be filled up with God's goodness, God's vision, God's glory. And if we just hold on to what we get on a Sunday morning and we never give it away, we become like a pond that is stagnant, that bugs are attracted to, moss starts growing, it starts to stink, and there is no life in a pond to speak of, unless you put a bubbler in it, right? And we don't want to be like that. We want to be, in context, in, like a river that is clear and flowing, in endless supply, that there is life. And that life is what is going to help us to connect with the world. That's what Scripture encourages us to go, Matthew 28, 19, to go and to make disciples of all 
creation, or all creatures, how does it say it? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our responsibility is to go and to connect. And can I say it one more time? If Simon, I mean, if Scripture says we need to do it, we need to live it out. That's our responsibility. That's what we want. That's what we want to do, to give you a picture of what might, it might look like to live out our mission. Now, our mission statement says that we are a spirit-filled church committed to glorifying God by connecting the people of the lakeshore with God, with each other, and with the world. And this is a discipleship model. This is something our staff has been working on, that it will provide growth. And we've been seeing something that is here. And I want to kind of show this, and Pastor Bobby, you can come at this time, that it all starts with a connection with God. That's the foundational piece. We understand that, that it all starts there, that salvation, and that our worship, and spending time with God, and, and uh, in, uh, in prayer, and each of those things. But then there needs to be a progression that we understand that we don't live on our own, that we now will connect with other people along the journey. That we're meeting together on a regular basis. That we're encouraging, that we're strengthening. We're bearing each other's burdens. And so now we've got this connection with God. We've got this connection with each other. And then if we're growing and we're just being discipled in a proper fashion, we need to go to that third level where we begin to serve, where we begin to connect with the world. We begin to serve on a regular basis in our local church or in the community. And we begin to give back. And the Lord uses that in us. And I want you to see this as a progression of growth that once these three pieces are evidence in your life, then you want to see that reproduced in other people. It comes full circle. We want to move people along in these three components of our mission. And that is what compels us to get up in the morning. And I want you to begin to believe or begin to see what would it look like if we really believed our mission. If we really lived it out, what would that look like? And I'll tell you what it looked like. It would look like our vision to be a healthy, multiplying church known for making an impact in our community, in our world. You see how it ties in? As we are our mission, we become what God has called us to be fulfilled. And I believe we're on our way in that. And all of us, every single one of us, can be engaged along the way. So this morning, we want to help you to do that. I'm going to ask the ushers to prepare and uh, actually grab these and begin to pass these out again. We want every single person to get one of these. We've created something that captures our vision, our mission on one side, and this is something you can tuck away in your Bible or put it up uh, at work or put it on your mirror at home. And on the one side, again, it talks about our vision statement, our mission statement. But on the other side, it says at the top, and you're going to see this here momentarily, it says, we strive to live out our mission by connecting with God, connecting with each other, and connecting with the world. It's that simple.
and nothing has changed, although we want you to begin to see it a little different. We want you to not only know what our mission is, we want you to be living it out on a regular basis and to be moving along the progression. And so I want to ask you, as you're holding this in your hands, I want you to look at this side where it says that we strive to live out our mission by connecting with God, with each other, with the world. And I want you to do an assessment of yourself. To begin to ask the Lord, okay, how is my connection with you, Lord? Do I need to strengthen my time in prayer or the Word? Or my salvation. Maybe you're not here and you have not experienced salvation. Or maybe you look at it and you say, my connection with others is lacking. And this year, I've got to address that because I am sick and tired of walking through this life alone. Alone spiritually. Alone relationally. Listen, you need to step out. Take a risk. When these connection groups come, you need to be the first one there if that's you. If you are lacking in connection with others that are not causing you to grow, and I'm not just saying get together and have a good time. Listen, we need to be helping each other grow in our faith, grow in our connection with the Lord. Amen? See how that works? Or maybe it's that connection with the world. I believe there are going to be people here this year, Pastor Bobby, that are going to join your worship team, that have maybe served in one capacity or another in previous time, they're going to say, you know what, this is the time. I, forget it, I'm going to serve again. There are going to be people that will serve in kids' ministry or help usher or help count or help with the sound and tech or maybe even uh, teach or open up their house. Say, you know what, I'm going to be connecting with the world. I'm going to be st- strategic in that area. So I want you to assess yourself, saying, okay, God, where, where do I have some need along the way? And I want you to be honest. And I, what I want to do here the, as we close, and I know we've gone, we're going a little over, didn't realize I had so much to say. <laughs> but I want you to close your eyes and to think about those three components, connecting with God, connecting with each other, connecting with the world, our mission. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment to stand for the one area out of those three where you need the most attention this year. And then we're going to pray, we're going to close, and uh, be on our way. But this is serious. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the Holy Spirit is speaking to each of us in our lives. And I want 100% of us to participate in this response. That's my expectation. And so I'm going to just kind of do it in reverse order. If this morning, if you're saying, boy, that connection with the world, serving, being a part of the Great Commission, understanding my role to do what I can do locally, stateside, or foreign missions, if that's the area that God is stirring in your heart for this year, I want you just to stand right where you are. And I want you just to begin to pray and intercede. God, how can you move in my life in this area? How can I continue or begin to serve to connect with the world? Amen. Just stay standing right where you are, and we're going to move to the second one. How many here would be uh, saying, boy, 
out of these three areas, my connection with others is where I need to grow. I need accountability. I need someone to uh, keep me uh, on track. Someone to strengthen me. Iron sharpening iron. And as we stand, we are recognizing that it is not only our problem, it is a, an issue with many that we need that connection with others. We, it, we need it desperately. Pastor Bobby, over half the congregation is standing. We are moving in the right direction with these connection groups. And God is going to help us to accomplish these ongoing. God is going to help us. And then that third area, connection with God. And it's that, that growing in your faith, that, uh, that, that uh, cultivating a future, a love, a passion that you may have had, but now it's being reignited all across this place. Where have you stood? And we commit these things. We intercede. We ask the Lord to help us along these ways. Now, as you hold these bookmarks that I believe are going to be a reminder day in and day out, I'm going to ask that you just put your thumb on the one area that God is calling you to. And I'm going to just ask that we, as I close in prayer, I'm going to say a quick prayer for each of these, that as, you, as we pray, I want you to hold it close to your heart and ask God to help you begin or continue to live out our mission. And at the Gateway Church, we're going to help you be successful to do that. And so as you hold that, I want to just say one other quick thing in my notes here, and forgive me and for going a little long. This week, I got an email uh, from Pastor Rick Warren, uh, Saddleback Church. Um, he, I'm on his email, Pastor's Leadership. And he shared the five goals for his church for the new year of ministry. The first one, he says, we will increase our weekly service attendance. I thought, man, that's bold. I love that. And I want to have that kind of commitment that, yes, we're going to grow in that. But then the next couple, listen to what he is praying for, what goals they have set. We will help attenders get better connected. It's not just a gateway church problem. It's a church-wide problem. It's a it's an American problem, if I could be so bold to say it. Goal number three, we will help our members grow spiritually mature. And that's, boy, I said, boy, that's part of us. And then listen, number four, we will deploy more people in ministry and develop more leaders. That's that connecting with the world. And then the fifth one, we will fulfill the Great Commission locally, globally, and cross-culturally. And I said, when I read this, I said, man, my heart is to be uh, in unity with those types of goals in our but it starts with each of us identifying where do we need to grow. Do we need to grow with God, with each other, with the world? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is speaking to each and every one of us. And God, as we hold our finger over the area where we need perhaps the most growth, I pray that you would give us vision for our lives in regards to the mission that you call us to as a church. That we would begin to walk out your plans. 
that we would grow in our connection with you, that our, our growth would be supernatural. Lord, that we would connect with others and that we would not just connect superficially, but Lord, we would go deep with each other, that there would be true accountability, true caring for one another, bearing each other's burdens. And Lord, help us to continue to connect with the world. And Lord, for those that stood early on saying, I need to connect, Lord, I pray that they would respond, that they would be able to go locally and stateside and foreign. Lord, that we would be a people that would be putting it into action. Lord, your word is clear. You want us to move in each of these areas. And God, I pray now that you would just seal this moment, this time of connection in our hearts and in our lives. And Lord, as we go here in just a moment, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would do a mighty, mighty work. He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. Someone needed to hear that this morning. God is continuing his work in each and every one of us. There's not one of us that has arrived. And as we go through the progression, we need to reproduce ourselves. God, help us to be a multiplying, healthy church. Lord, we pray it in Jesus' name. And now I pray, Lord, that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' wonderful name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. We love you. Thank you for being patient. Go in the grace of God and live out the mission before you. Amen? Amen. God bless you.